Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. I realize that most of you, might, and remember my job as your pastor is to teach you, to equip you, and then push you over the edge. <laughs> you know, it's like the, the legacy builders went skydiving. They got, you know, a brief little tutorial, and then guess what happened? <laughs> so tonight, I'm going to give you a little tutorial and give you a good kick. <laughs> okay? So, Wednesday nights are good for that. But I remember, you know, in church, when I, when I, I grew up in church, and, uh, you know, I grew, up, I grew up in a Pentecostal Assembly of God church, you know, Pentecostal, Pentecostal church. And, uh, and it was... Over time, it changed in style and such, but but it was growing up. And, and I, I remember, it's funny, through the years, you know, growing up in church, doing ministry through the years, I don't, I mean, I don't know any different. I mean, the reality is I don't know anything, but, you know, you ask me what, now I have other skills and I can figure things out, but, but that's all I know, you know? And I remember, I remember one time, as we were worshiping, maybe you've maybe you've been in a situation like this. As we were worshiping, and I, I don't normally do this. This is not something you may think I'm out of the box. I really am not. <laughs> I know most of you would think I'm out of the box, but when it comes to my personality, I'm not an out of the box kind of person. I, that's not me. I, I'd rather just stay in my box and not let people. I don't want to talk to anybody outside my box. It's me, myself, and I in the box, and we're good. Um, but I remember in the in the middle of worship one time, and some of you are going to wonder where I'm going with this. Just hang tight. I'm on a journey. I'm just bring you along. And I remember the the presence of the Lord came on me, very very heavy, and I I I had never done this before. But it was like the it was like whatever anointing came on Elijah when he outran. Ahab's chariot hit me. <laughs> uh, that's that's all I. I mean, I, that must have been what it was because it hit the the presence of the Lord. The anointing hit me, and I don't tell. I, I'm not one to tell people you just need to run in church or do that. But but that day, whatever came on me. Again, remember, I'm the shy one that just doesn't want any of that to happen. But if it does, I'm okay with it happening. But I prefer it not. And I'm standing and worshiping, and I, that anointing hit me, and I, it was like, it was like a lightning bolt went through my body, and I went like this and took off running around the church. That was not something that happened in our church, by the way. We we were Pentecostal, but people didn't run. We might every once in a while you might get a Jericho march, but that was planned. Yeah. It wouldn't be a spontaneous thing, you know. Uh, but I remember that happening. 
And I remember the atmosphere distinctly. It was very, it was charged. Matter of fact, I had someone uh, that played played a guitar on the stage. They played the guitar on the stage, and they said, they said when that when that happened, the the strings on their guitar tensed up, and they could, it was hard to play the guitar because the atmosphere changed so quickly. Um, that there was a physical impact on the instruments. It was interesting, and I, I, so I remember. I remember that. I remember, you know. Um, I was trying to figure out what's what's booming behind me. I was getting ready to tell a story about booming things. So I was like, "Whoa, this is crazy." Um, I remember being, you know, in a in a in a service. You can sit if you need to. I remember. Just keep playing for a second, though, Pastor Grace. Um, I remember being in a service, and uh, we we had gone on um, and extended revival meetings in that in that church. And in in the morning service, I remember um, the pastor and his wife giving a testimony about a dream that they had had. They had actually they had gone to Brownsville, and while they were there, she had had a vision about their church being in revival. And what was happening in the service was the vision that she had had many years before. And as she said that, I'll never forget, as she said that, it was like somebody took a shotgun in the church and shot a shotgun in the church. It was a loud, loud boom, thunder boom. And I really don't know what happened after that. I remember coming to about an hour or so later in the fetal position on the floor um, at the altar, and there was everybody who anybody on the stage, everybody that was on the stage, and everybody that was in the altar. They said later, someone that was in the sitting in a seat in the back watching this happen said everybody simultaneously hit the floor, and. Um, this particular person said that when that happened they saw it was like the ceiling opened up and the cloud came in to the room and they saw angels going between this cloud up and down and it was like the glory of the Lord filled the room and uh, and I don't I don't really know I personally really don't know what happened I I know I was on the floor I know I was incapacitated and I know I felt a tangible flowing river over my body um, and, and that's all I know. You know, and you, you experience things like that. And um, your natural mind says, what in the world is this all about? Like, this is, I, what is this? And we try to figure it out. We try to figure out what God's doing, what's happening. Am I losing my mind? You know, am I, you know, what, right? You know, am I, why, why can't I stand up? It might be as simple as, you know, why can't I stand up? Why am I falling? Why am I wobbly? Why do I feel intoxicated? Why do we pray in tongues? All of these things, the supernatural manifestations, we try to figure those things out. And really all the Lord is trying to get us to do is yield. Really all, all our job is, is to yield because I don't know about you, but if you look through Scripture, you look through the Old Testament and the New Testament, a miracle or a sign and a wonder is exactly that. You're not going to figure it out. It is supernatural. It is beyond natural reasoning. Amen. Anybody hear what I'm saying? 
So signs and wonders and the tangible manifest presence of the Lord and, and all that he does, it is, it is, it is supernatural. You're not going to figure it out. You know, it's, it's funny because we see, we read things in scripture. Thanks, Pastor Grace, you're good. We read, we read things. I was just trying to figure out where, which direction we were going there. But, you know, you read things in scripture. You read, you read the testimonies about Jesus going to the, to the men that had the, the leprosy and they get healed. And we, we accept that by faith. You know, we're, oh yeah, they got healed. Have you ever seen a leprosy person? Have you, I mean, I'm just asking, have you ever seen someone? We don't see that much in the U.S. But, but I, I've seen someone with leprosy. That, you know, that, that it doesn't look too good. You know, that's, that, that's not something that you, you necessarily want to see again after you see it. But it's definitely not someone that you're going to go touch. You know, so we accept, you know, the miracle of the healing of the leper. Or we accept the miracle of the virgin birth. I mean, I don't know. I haven't ever seen that. <laughs> Some of you will get that when you go home. <laughs> the point is you won't see it, okay? <laughs> we, that, that's done already, have, done, done that, been there. Ain't going to happen again. You know, but we accept that by faith that that happened, right? We accept, we read the scriptures, we, we read the scriptures about the cloud of glory that filled the temple at the dedication of Song of Solomon, and, and we say, yes, Lord, you know, we accept this. But when the Lord begins to move in our day, in our life, we, we tend to become critical and judgmental or standoffish, or oh, I don't know about that, instead of jumping in and yielding and saying, Lord, whatever you have, I want it. Y'all are getting quiet up on me tonight. I know this crowd's not like that. I know everyone here is all about receiving all that the Lord has for us. But, but we should not be surprised. Can you all hear me? Maybe my microphone's not working. You know, I, I, we, we should not be surprised when the power of God is in operation in our day-to-day -day lives. And it should not catch us off guard, and it should not create a strife within our hearts or, or confusion, what it does, a sign and a wonder is to point us to the one, you know, we don't, you know, people say it all the time, well, I don't, I'm, I don't want to chase signs and wonders, you know, whatever, you know, that saying, I, I, how many times have I heard it say, I don't chase signs and wonders, signs and wonders chase after me, you know, have you ever heard that saying? I mean, that's a kind of a popular Christian cliche right now, but, um, Regardless, uh, you know, the presence of the Lord, when we live in the presence of the Lord, those things should not take us by surprise. It's God saying to us, I'm working a miracle right here in front of you. I'm, I'm stepping in right into your everyday life, and I want you to know that I'm here, you know, speaking in tongues. For us, speaking in tongues, our prayer language, our heavenly language, that's what that is. It is a daily communion. It's God manifesting himself in our prayer time every day. Isn't that awesome? That you have direct connection with the Lord that bypasses your mind. I mean, hello, that's, that's important in and of itself, that we can bypass our brain because we want to figure it out and skepticize and, you know, try to figure it out and, you know, make our plans. And we, we can bypass our brain, our natural understanding, and pray with heavenly understanding, with heavenly wisdom. We're praying in the Spirit. 
I'm not teaching on signs and wonders and the baptism and the Holy Spirit and all that tonight. This is just a freebie for you. But uh, I just want to encourage you, you know, when, when people experience the presence of the Lord, you know, I, I hear it all the time, and, and, and I pick on this one. I, I, if there's one I'm going to pick on and pull out and pick on, the manifestation, so to speak, and, and not that I'm picking on it, but people pick on it with me, is the joy, supernatural joy. You know, how many times do I hear, well, I just don't believe in laughing in church. Do you believe in crying in church? You know, and most people say, well, yeah, I'm okay with crying. Then why are you upset with the joy? He's a happy God. Why is he upset with you laughing in church? Well, it's not of the Spirit. Well, neither is your singing. <laughs> you know, at some point, at some point, hopefully you cross over, you know. At some point, hopefully you, you start out in the natural man and you cross over and it might sound good at some point, you know, it's a joyful noise, but who knows? We get so religious about stuff. Well, and I, I could go on and on and on. I've heard so many. I, I wish I had time to tell you all the different, and I, I really don't want to tell you. You would just be blown away. But some of the, some of the stuff that people come up with, and, and I look through Scripture, I look through Jesus' ministry, and it was characterized by the manifest presence of God, what he saw the Father do, he did. And there was healings, there were signs and wonders. I mean, demon-possessed. I mean, the demons interrupted Jesus' church services. That's exactly what was happening. I mean, he'd be going on teaching and insert demon-possessed person, you know? He couldn't go anywhere without people interrupting. And so, I just want to encourage you, and again, I know I'm speaking to the choir, as they say, uh, to press in. Let God use you. Jesus said, freely you've received, freely give. The, the same things that you've seen in operation in Jesus' life ought to be in operation in your life. Amen, Pastor. Good preaching. I thought so. I agree. Hallelujah. The same, the same Spirit, the same Spirit, We might as well go to McDonald's. They're all, they're all frozen in the snow. We're still, we're still de-thawing, defrosting tonight. That, that's the problem. Everybody's still defrosting from everything out there. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. What will he do? What will he do? What does the Bible say? Romans, what does it say he'll do? Quicken your mortal body. The same spirit. Is the Spirit of God living on the inside of you? Is the same anointing that was on Jesus on you, or is it not? If it is, then the same power ought to be flowing in your life, right? Amen. So we shouldn't be surprised by those things. If you have your Bibles, you can go to Luke chapter 5. We'll just see where this goes. Just a couple of reminders. Easter eggs are available for you to fill. We need Easter eggs filled. Everybody say filled. Filled the Easter eggs. You can donate. You can... You can. <laughs> you, you could donate the candy yourself or you can get candy from the church to fill them with but we have a lot of thousands of eggs so we need them filled a lot <laughs> and then uh, night of hope is next week so make sure you're here next week night of hope and um, 
A lot of great things. Easter, so Palm Sunday is the Easter egg outreach. And then Easter Sunday, we have an 8.30 a.m. Uh, communion service, hymns and communion service. And then we have a 10.30 uh, breakfast, Easter breakfast. And then, a, uh, no, 9.30 Easter breakfast and 10.30 celebration service with water baptism. So if you're interested in membership or water baptism or know someone that is, make sure that they get signed up with Paula uh, or one of our staff pastors so that we know or Ministry of Helps folks so we can get all of that squared away. And uh, a lot of good things. A-team lunch is coming up. Make sure that you RSVP with the office or your email or phone, whatever. Let us know that you're coming so that we can prepare enough food. We want to prepare enough food for you. And that's coming up on March 26th. We're going to be talking about, I'm going to be teaching on cultures of a healthy, growing church. So we, we want to be there. Awesome. Luke chapter 5. How many of you, when you are at your home, create the culture of your house. How, do you, how many of you create a culture in your home? Let me just throw that out there. Some of you are thinking, well, I think I do. I'm, I think we set the culture of our house. You absolutely set the culture of your house. Can I get some more something or other in my microphone so I can hear myself? That'd be great. Um, you absolutely set the culture of your house. When you, if you go to your home and you want the culture of your house to be one of peace and rest, you're probably not going to paint your walls a neon color. <laughs> you're not going to, you know, you're going to have godly music in your home and godly television shows and Hello, am I preaching anybody tonight? Yeah, we're going, to have a, we're going to have a God-centered house. The culture of our house is going to be a God-centered home. And you set the culture. I'm not talking about your house tonight, though. That's not what I'm preaching on. I'm just using this as an example. But each of us set the culture of our house, what transpires in our home. You know, I love what Mike said on Sunday. Mike Sloan on Sunday said, you know, so many people set, make all the decisions. Parents make all these decisions for their kids, what their kids are going to do. But then when it comes to church, they, you know, space out. They have a mental lapse and say, well, you can decide whether or not you'll go to church. No, if you, you set the example for everything in your house, why all of a sudden would you say, well, will you, I'll let you make the decision on whether or not you go to church. I can tell you what their answer is going to be. They're not going to go. <laughs> you know, it's funny how many parents are, are shocked when they leave the decision to their teenager whether or not their teenager is going to go to church. I can tell you exactly what their ugly carnal nature is going to want to do. <laughs> they... they <laughs> They're going to do everything but go to church. Well, the Bible says if you raise them, you know, if you raise them, they'll, they'll return. They'll do the blah, 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 blah. And they, you quote scripture. Hey, well, yes. <laughs> my wife's going to preach the rest of my message for I finish raising them. My house will serve the Lord. So you set the culture, you set the tone of what happens in your house. That's a freebie for somebody tonight. But likewise, there's two free sermons tonight already. This one I'm going to charge for, though. So this, this will be a $5 donation on the way out the door. <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> so, likewise, we set the culture of our spiritual house. This is our spiritual home. This, this, is, our, this is our storehouse. This church is our spiritual home. And we set, you and I collectively, set the culture of our church. 
The vision and the direction of our house obviously comes from the Lord. He speaks to my wife and I as the lead pastors, and, and we, we speak and cast that, that vision, those words of life and the direction that the Lord is taking our church. But the context with which that vision happens is the culture around that, and it is really largely created by the people in the church. Um, so I want to ask you, what kind of culture are you creating here at Celebration Church? What kind of, what kind of environment are you creating? What kind of environment are you, are you contributing to here at the church? Jesus in Luke chapter 5 finds his disciples creating an environment. If we'll pick up in verse 1, it says, So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. And then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to them, Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And when they came and filled both of the boats, so they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Now, I just, I just want to take a look here at a, just for a short amount of time, the culture that was happening and the vision that Christ gave that changed everything for the disciples at that point. Here are professional fishermen all sitting out doing what professional fishermen do. They fished all night. They caught nothing. And now there isn't that the case. How many times, those of you that like to fish, you go out, you fish, you fish, you fish. You know, I was, I've always been told that fishing is about the, you know, it's really not about catching fish. It's really just about the enjoyment of the creation. And so that's, that is stated by those who catch nothing. That's the, that's the, the disciples in this, in this instant. They've been out working and working, laboring, have caught nothing. And Jesus comes to them and says, okay, push out, and he teaches them. There's a divine intersecting moment in, this, in, in their lives at this point in time, and Jesus changes. In this point, he changes the vision and the direction of their life, and a whole new culture begins. The, the vision changes from one of a self-focused, self-effort, I'm going to work to catch fish, and now Jesus is saying to them, guess what, guys? Hey, buddies, now your day, your life, your focus is changing to being a fisher of men. Uh, 
It's not until you begin to peer over the boat into the waters of lost souls that you really are reminded of your own filthiness. You know, a lot of us spend our time looking at everybody who's on the boat. Well, they ain't catching anything and they ain't doing anything. And if I was fishing, this is how I would do it. If I was, they need to use, have you ever been fishing with someone like that? Well, you need to use this lure. You need to use this bait. Yeah, this is not really... Anybody been around those kind of people before? They know how to do what you're doing better, and they've never done it before. There's always folks on the boat. There's always folks in the church. There's always folks in the boat who know how to do it better than you. And there's always somebody who knows how to do it better than the pastor. <laughs> but there's always, there's always somebody who knows how to do things a little bit different, knows how to do things a little bit better. But it's not until you actually engage and begin to look over the bow of the boat and you really begin to see your own filthiness. You know, I would encourage you when it comes to the culture of your life, the culture of your church, number one first thing is that you and I have to, must look this way, every one of us must be engaged in fishing of men. The moment that we stop fishing, the moment that we stop casting out our nets, the moment that we stop getting the lure in the water is the minute that we turn and become judgmental and critical of everyone else. But, the, but when you're out in the middle of the boat and you're casting out your net, it's then that you realize your own depravity. It's then that you realize, hey, I am saved by grace through faith. I might have been in church for 50 years, 60 years, 30 years, doesn't really matter. But there are nasty fish who need caught. There are people who need the Word of God. There's people that need to encounter the presence of God. So you got to get your nets out. It's time to cast your nets out for a huge catch. It's interesting that Jesus, we are saved by grace through faith. We're not perfect None of us are perfect. None of us have it all together. All of us have sin and depravity in our lives. But yet, in all of that, God chooses to take a perfect gift and He displays it in an imperfect vessel. God takes the nets of men and He uses them to catch His children. Isn't it interesting that God takes us, you and I, who are imperfect, who have no intrinsic value in and of ourselves anyway. Our only value comes from that that's placed on us by Christ. It is by His, His imparted grace. It's by His righteousness that we have any value or worth. He takes us who are full of depravity, everything evil, everything vile, and He says, I'm going to use you to catch, to reach the lost. Are you willing to get your nets out over the boat and go for a fishing trip with Jesus? Are you willing to go for a fishing Is anybody listening? Are you willing to go for a fishing trip with Jesus? When you begin to launch out, cast out your net, you begin to look over into the waters of reality. People who are lost, people who are hurting, people who are broken. You begin to see those who aren't on the boat. You see, the number one culture that needs to be created within our church, you know, there's, there's a lot of speculation and assumptions and teachings and all sorts of stuff. But I'll tell you, the number one biblical 
culture that needs to be in our church is a culture of evangelism. A culture where we reach the lost. You say, well, pastor, we're doing it. We got night of hope. We're, you know, we're doing really good. We got night of hope. Let me tell you something. Night of hope is just the beginning. You can, you can show up at night of hope and never do evangelism. You've participated in an event, but you've never engaged in evangelism. Evangelism is meeting that person face to face. It's going up to that, that one person. It might be even, you know, Night of Hope. It might be your, your job. It might be at school. It might be wherever. But it's finding the one person that God has placed in your life. And you begin to love on them where they're at. You know, the great thing about fishing, it really doesn't require a lot of skill. <laughs> you know, there, there, are, there are times when the, where the fish are not biting in a particular area. That might take some skill to figure out where the fish are biting. But you just got to get your net in the water. You just got to, anybody hear what I'm saying? You just got to get your fishing line in the water. And all of a sudden, that little, little fish, she just swims right on up to that thing and <laughs> catches it, reel it on in. God wants to use you to reach the lost and the hurting and the broken people that are around you. You say, well, Pastor, I've heard all this before. This is not, you know, this isn't the normal Wednesday night message. We're, we're here to drink, Pastor. How foolish of us to get lost in drinking and receiving of the Lord and yet never give. We need to receive, absolutely. We all need more of the Lord every single day. But when you begin to get your net in the water, you realize how much you really need of Him. When you begin to cast your net, you begin to co-labor with Christ. You begin to get your net in the water. All of a sudden, you begin to realize that your identity in Christ and helping others find their joy in Christ all of a sudden begin this odd circle, this odd intertwining dance. I was created for the glory of the Lord. And the greatest display of that glory that I was created for was that I'm redeemed. Not of anything that I do, not by work, my works of righteousness. I've not been redeemed because of my skill, my talent, or anything. But I've been redeemed by the pure grace and mercy of God alone. And then when I find my delight in displaying that glory, I'm redeemed because of Christ the outflow of that is how do I make others happy in God? I've, I've been made happy. I've been happified in Jesus. Not everybody in this room has been happified in Jesus. That or your face hasn't figured it out yet. But I have been made happy in God. I have found my delight in Him. And my purpose, my, my purpose in life is worshiping Him, delighting myself in Him, and the outflow of that worship is making others happy in God.
hey, Peter, I want you to go out from the shore a little bit. You have to be willing at the command of Jesus to do something that might be a little bit unusual for you. I'm going to be a fisher of what? Men? What does that mean? I know how to fish for fishies, but fishing for men, what does that look like? Jesus, you're not making sense. Peter, I want you to push out a little bit. And now let down your nets. But Jesus, hang on a second. Did, did you not catch point A? We've been doing this all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, we'll let down our nets. You see, we can be busy about mending our nets, or we can be busy about using our nets. Here's the, here's the difference. The mending the nets, it's all about me. Look what I've done. I've been fishing all night long. Look at my nets. They are golden nets. They are perfect nets. They are the best nets. You can get them at Bass Pro Shop. They are the best nets you can ever buy. The perfect nets for fishing. And all we do is we talk about our nets. Look at Night of Hope. Look how successful we are. Look at our church. Look at all the great things God's done. Look at this. Look at this. And we, we display our trophies before the Lord as if they mean something. Or we can take our nets and we can go use them. And we can engage in the ministry that Christ has placed before us. You see, there, there's something that's supernatural that happens when you get your net into the water. You see, those broken areas of your life at His word become whole. Those nets, they were still in the process of mending those things when Jesus interrupted them. Remember the story? Okay, Jesus, we'll, uh, we'll go out in the water so you can teach and do your thing. Okay. Let down your nets. Uh, but we didn't finish mending those. <laughs> we got we to gotta go catch fish with these things. They don't work. Just cast out your net. Well, Jesus, I've got issues. Uh, look to the person to your right and look to the person to your left. All of them have issues. Get your nets in the water. I don't feel skilled enough. I don't feel qualified enough. Get your net in the water. Well, I don't like your style, Pastor. I don't like your style either. Does that make you feel better? Get your net in the water. Stop making excuses. You know, some of the things we come up with. I didn't, you know, it's funny. I didn't ask. Jesus didn't ask you. I didn't ask you. I didn't ask you when you became a member. And when you joined the church and you started attending. Do you like my style? I didn't ask you that. When you got born again, Jesus didn't ask you about your style. He said, you filthy, you ugly thing. I love you anyway. He didn't ask. And when he planted you here, he didn't ask if you liked the style or didn't like the style. He said, I'm planting you at Celebration Church. Hallelujah. Get over it. <laughs> it is what you need. Yes, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, you can, that's a freebie you can take. You know, so we get caught up. We get caught up in all these weird little things. I'm hurt. I'm broken. I can't do. I won't do. I don't have the skill. I don't. Fishing of men is not based on your skill. It is based on the word of the Lord. If salvation was based on your skill, how's that working for you? 
Our job is to catch the fish. Our job is to be fishers. Our job is not to throw them back. Let me explain. We had someone one time that had recently got born again, got baptized in water, you know, was hungry for the Lord. And they were rough. They were rough around the edges and had issues. I mean, I'm, that's, hello, you know, God makes all things new. That's, he's calling, he's, he told us, go in the highways, the byways, and compel them to come in. So we're getting all, whosoever will, right? And, uh, you know, we had someone say to one of these people after they got baptized, well, I, I just feel like the Lord's saying, you're just not going to make it. Uh, let me throw you back in the pond there, buddy. <laughs> you know, we make these decisions that somehow or another God's called us to decipher which one's going to be godly and which one's not and which, which one looks the best. And I think, you know, I, that person, they're a quality person. We need to keep them. Yeah, one, I'm not so sure that they're so quality. You'd be surprised some of the things that Christians say. Our job is to fish. I'm going fishing, and I don't care what you look like, smell. You could be a trout. You could be a tilapia. You could be a red snout. I don't care what you are. You just need to get in the boat. Whosoever will, get in the boat. Well, pastor, what about discipleship? You're so worried about cleaning and gutting that you ain't fishing. You've made yourself the permanent cleaning and gutting person, and you're not even busy about doing what the master called you to do. Just go fishing. Get your nets out. Just go fishing. Find the joy. Next week's Night of Hope. If, just start there. Who's my one? I'll wrap up. I know y'all are getting tired of me. Just, just find the one. Just find the one. This is what I do. I'm talking to people all night long. I mean, it doesn't stop. Mandy's in my ear driving me nuts, you know. No, I'm just joking. She's not, you know, if it's not her, it's one of the other area leaders. No, I'm joking. They're all great. Really, they, they're great. We have a great team of leaders. I, I Actually, I rarely hear from them these days. But, but you know, I walk through, and I'm meeting people, t- talking to people, and I'm always looking for the one. Who is it? Who has God placed in my life? Tonight? And, you know, it's simple. Sometimes it's other leaders. I find myself ministering to other, other leaders or volunteers. Sometimes I find myself ministering to the, to the hurting, you know, to the guy that, and, and some of them I never see again. Some I see again, some I never see again. You know, whether the guy that I sat and talked to here on the pew or guy up there, the guy, I mean, I can go through. I can just pick. There's always someone. Just find them. Go minister. Be Christ. Well, I don't know what to say. Hello? My name is Zach. Don't say your, don't tell them your name's Zach. <laughs> Welcome to Night of Hope. How are you doing? Can I be praying with you about anything? That's a great way to start. Or, hey, is there a particular service that you came for tonight? Awesome. I'll bring you to it. And then you walk with them. So what brings you to Night of Hope? How did you hear about Night of Hope? 
And you just have a conversation, get to know them. And then before you leave them, hey, you know what? Can I pray for you about anything? And then ask what they need and find out what's going on. And if you'll listen, you know, it's funny. Zoe and I were having a conversation the other day on her way to school. And uh, I said, Zoe, are you going to tell your friends about Jesus today? You know, she's figured out. She's, she, she's three and she's figured out. She's asked us many times, Mommy or Daddy, why do, why do people not go to church? And she wants to know why they don't go to church. Well, she's figured out the reason they don't go to church because they don't know Jesus. And so she now wants to tell everybody about Jesus so that they'll come to church. And so she's asking us, on, you know, or asking me on the way to school, and I'm asking her, are you going to tell all your friends about Jesus? And we're having a conversation, blah, blah, blah. And she says, well, I think I want to tell them that if they eat sugar, they get cavities. Because they, they had a dentist come to her school and she learned about cavities. <laughs> I said, well, that... I said, that's a great way to start. You can always start with a... Everybody's got a sugar cavity, but in their heart, there's a big cavity, you know, that only Jesus can fill. You know, you got to have a filling from Jesus and only Jesus. You know, so if you just listen long enough to somebody, there's an opportunity. Um, you know, I used to... Um, I used to teach, when I, when I did missions work, I used to teach uh, junior high and high schoolers how to start campus ministries in their school. And one of the things I would always do is say, hey, you know, give me a topic. I would randomly say, just give me a topic. And you can take any topic and make it a Jesus topic. And I would get some of the weirdest topics, and you got to make it into a Jesus conversation. You can turn any topic into a Jesus conversation. If you love somebody, you can make it about the person you love, I promise. You'll find a way, you know, someone said, you know, shoes one time. I, I just like shoes, so that shoes. You know, how do you take Jesus to make him into shoes? One size fits everybody. You got one shoe. You just got to get everybody in their shoe size. Jesus is the only shoe that can fit, you know, whatever. You can take whatever topic and turn it about Jesus. But get your net in the water. This isn't hard. Is every, are you getting something tonight? Just get, get, get your eyes off yourself. Get your eyes off yourself. Get your eyes off your circumstance, your situation. Well, I could never do. And just get your net out in the water. It's time to launch out. It's time to launch out into the deep. Psalms 107. I'll wrap up with the scripture. I think this is like my third closing. Psalms 107 says this. Grace, you can come on back. Those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business on great waters, they see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. You want to see the miracles? You want to see the signs and wonders? You have to begin to create the culture of evangelism in your life. You've got to begin to set the furniture in order. You've got to get your net ready. You've got to get out to the boat. You've got to stop camping out, sleep, you know... We like the story about Jesus sleeping on the boat. We just like to be in the hull of the boat and sleep with him. Nope, you got to go out, get your net out. Totally different story. You got to get your net out, get out on the boat and go fishing. Get the furniture in order, get your net in order, get it out. And at the command of Jesus, let down your net. So well, I'm waiting for him to tell me. He done did it. He already told you. Who are you waiting for? What are you waiting? Are you waiting for the writing on the wall that says, Kristen, Joseph? You're waiting for somebody's name? 
to appear on the wall. He said, you're the fisher. I'm just going to keep poking. The Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Have you been anointed? Is the Spirit of the Lord upon you? You've been commissioned. a certificate that says master fisherman you don't have to have a big bass hanging on your wall saying I'm a fisher of men it's been inscribed on your heart go fishing go fishing why don't you stand with me it's funny you know Peter when Jesus said down your nets for a catch. It's funny. Peter, Peter didn't go jumping for joy. Yay, Jesus! <laughs> he, didn't get the, he didn't get supernatural joy at that point. <laughs> you know, wasn't any, you know, some big supernatural moment. He didn't fall out under the power of Jesus. Jesus right there. He didn't fall out under the power of Jesus. said, okay, hey, your word. Here we go. We'll let down our nets. You're going to let down your nets. You're going to let down your nets for a catch. Jesus, I thank you. Lord, that there are lost people in all of our lives that you've spoken to us about, that you've placed within our lives. Lord, it's not by accident. Lord, I pray that you would help each one of us. We'd hear your voice echoing as you spoke to Peter so long ago. It'd be echoing through the ages, ringing in our ears. I've made you fishers of men. You're a fisher of men. each one of us to be aware, to be alert, to let down our nets, to not have the pity parties, not be critical or judgmental of others, but Lord, we just get our nets out in the water. Thank you, Lord. I just, very practical, what does this look like, very practically speaking? social media is really a reflection of what's 
going on anyway. You know, for so long, people could hide. You know, you could hide behind the mask out there in the world, but now everybody's posting everything on social media, so you see the real, oh, I can't believe they posted that. Oh, it's in their heart. I can absolutely believe they posted that. It's there. It's in them. You know, so all the all the masks come off on social media. So, you know, just bless the Lord on my soul. So put Jesus you know, on Facebook, okay? <laughs> uh, uh, Snapchat, Instagram, whatever you use, just put Jesus out there. Your personal life. You know, we've all heard, you know, your life might be the only Bible some people read. God, help us if you're the Bible they're reading. I hope you're pointing them to Scripture. Right? You know, we those are great Christian cliches. we got a bunch of those things. I don't want them replacing me with, replacing the Bible with me. I just... God help me if what I say is not pointing to Christ. You know, we come up with some of the craziest sayings. <laughs> Just be Jesus. You know, another great Christian cliche we say a lot. What's that one? The um, Preach and if necessary, use words. Is that the one? Yeah, preach the gospel. Obviously, if necessary, use words. Yeah. simple I so so the other day you know I'm out I'm out ministering I'm in a service and um, I see this girl I don't think she's born again at least that you know was the impression that I was getting it doesn't matter whether she was or wasn't at that point you know that with the impression I was getting that she was not service and it was like the Holy Spirit just kept bringing her to my mind. I said, okay, Lord, what is it? What's the scripture? What you want me to say? Revelation 3.20, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will open the door, I'll come in. I said, okay. I'm like, but she's a teenage girl and I ain't going by myself. <laughs> I can get hairy. I want to I want to lead her there or somebody. So I, I went and I, I tried to pawn off the word that God gave me for her to somebody else. <laughs> Never done that before. I went to one of the other female leaders and said, I ain't a female. Can you tell this is the word that I felt like the Lord told me. Can you go tell her? Really? You want me to just go with you? No, I just want you to go to it. She's like, really? You want me to go tell her the word? I said, okay, well, you gotta be led. I mean, if you're not led, then don't do it. trying to get out of it. I'm just being honest. We've all been there, right? We've all done stuff like this, maybe. And uh, 
So I kept waiting, I kept waiting, I kept waiting. I was like, this girl is not getting it. Like, she's not getting that I want her to say it. I'm like, can't you just, can you just speak to her already? She's just worshiping on her own. I'm like, okay, would you stop singing and listen? He'll talk to you, but you got to shut up. I'm like, I was, I was just really trying to figure it out. And, of course, the Lord knew my concern. And lo and behold, while I'm arguing in my head about this woman who I wanted to minister to this girl, lo and behold, here comes one of her leaders and sits right down next to her. I said, okay, Jesus, that's great. She's got a leader sitting next to her. But she's going to need somebody to minister to her when I'm done talking. Because, you know, I ain't going to do this. I don't feel comfortable doing this male with a teenage girl. I don't feel comfortable. I'm breaking my rules. Somebody else to step in. So you know how I, how, you know how I do things. So you got to make this work. So, so okay, I'll I'll take a step of faith and I'll just go and trust that this leader knows what they're doing. Right. So, if y'all follow my logic there, so I go. I, I, I sat down. I said, "Excuse me, are you this girl's leader?" She said, "Yes." I said, "I just really feel like God gave me a word for her. Can I share this?" you to hear it. She said, yeah. So I began to minister. Just hear it. Romans 3, 20, or Revelation 3, 20. Y'all, let's stand at the door and knock. Amen. Minister to her. Love on her. She's crying. She's moving. Obviously, God's ministering to her and just talk to her about Jesus. He loves you. God, I mean, God kind of expanded the word and became pretty specific about her life. The leaders, you know, she's obviously, the ministers get, the leaders getting ministered to as much as the girl. Like, okay, this is awesome. I was like, okay, Lord, that's great. She's, she got it, this leader. I'm not sure she's going to take the lead here. She's the leader. I ain't sure she's going to take the lead, though, Lord. And you know how we get worried about all the silly stuff. So I stand up to walk off. I pray to stand up to walk off. And I'm thinking, who's going to minister to this girl? In comes another leader. Steps in. Asks the girl to stand up. And just hugs her and just loves on her. Ministers to her and prays with her. I was like, okay, Jesus, I got it. I'm a stupid being. I got it. I'm just, I got it. You've got this covered. I just need to open my mouth. So sometimes it's just as simple as that. I was worried about all the other if, ands, or buts and things that had to work out in order for me to share a word. When all the while, Jesus had it already covered, had already spoken. I talked to the girl that loved on her after. She wasn't her leader. She was just another leader in the service that God spoke to and said, I want you to go love on that girl. She had no reason why. She was. She walked up after the spoken. She just knew that God said, go love on that girl. God's got it covered. Just open your mouth. Open your mouth. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so awesome.